You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, Pastor Josh jumped into the first half of Romans chapter 14. We're going back to discuss the difference between essential or primary doctrinal issues versus things that are secondary. Today, all of our conversation is born from there. How do we confront a fellow believer who is living in unrepentant sin? What if we encountered differences in our understanding of clear scriptural teaching? What should our posture be as we engage one another on these things? We talk about all of this and more today on After the Message. All right. Hey, guys. Good to see you today. Hey, Hey, Mike. Mike. Uh, it's good to be in the room again. That's great. So we've got, uh, we've got, I'm going to be careful when I do this. <laughs> Say the names correctly. So I have Mark Evans, Josh Brady, Preston Crow, Sean Selman. There we go. And of course, Chase Hammock, yes. as always, in the uh, producer's chair. So He got all the last names right. I did get all the last names right. So um, good to see you guys. Glad you're here. Too. Great to be seen, buddy. So... Um, we're uh, we're jumping into um, a, a conversation today about Romans fourteen, which is mm-hmm. where we were this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Josh, I think was was one of the best messages I've heard you preach. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanks, man. Like it was, it was really great. Mm. Yeah, really, really good. It's funny how I hear so many different people say that at different sermons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I've walked out of thinking that was unbelievable. Yeah, and then I've walked out thinking, yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> and somebody else be like, "That's the best thing I've ever heard." Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's like our own posture when we come in, or well, yeah, that where, what the Lord does that plays into in it. that moment for yeah. us, what the Lord says to us, or that we heard things that we just needed to hear, particularly really needed to hear. Yeah, the Spirit right. spoke to us in some ways spirit. that, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, you feel good about that, Josh? <laughs> no, I, and on the other end, it's it's usually flipped for me, like when people. When when people would say, "Hey, that was a really good sermon," or, or uh, whatever Mike said, um, like that is on the days that I think I blew it, mm. absolutely blew it. And yeah. On the days that I think I absolutely crushed it, like you guys, you get that nothing. Was, right? I know that was the best sermon you've ever heard. They're like, "Me?" <laughs> <I'm> like, oh. <laughs> Thanks for that yeah. encouragement. Well, for humility. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think as we as we just kind of dive right in, if that's okay, because because uh, we've we've probably got limited time today, but um, you know, so. You know, everything came down to, uh, I think it would be great for us to clarify uh, again, and I think you did a good job of this on Sunday, Um, like what are essential matters? You know, so if we're talking about, you know, here we are, we've got, you know, these two cultures, the Jews, the Gentiles, um, they're, they're coming together and there's disagreement over dietary things and uh, each one thinks you know, thinks the their their view, their standpoint on on the other is 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 right, right, and they're clashing over that. And Paul's saying, "Hey, these things aren't essential." Mm-hmm. Um, you you did a great job, I think, of defining uh, for us or, or painting a clear picture of, for us of what matters are actually essential yeah. and what are secondary. Um, so let's review that, and and sure. I think because everything else we're going to talk about, I think kind of stems from that. That's right. And and to be clear, this is a definition. It's not the definition. Uh, I, I don't think you can find um, this saying uh, in, in 
First Corinthians chapter eight, like like you're not going to turn to a chapter and a verse and find right. this definition. I just think it's the totality and how we understand it, or at least how I understand it. So three things I said on Sunday: how do how do we figure out first order issues or the most essential, the the highest of essential things in the Christian faith? Number one, salvation. Does uh, how how we become saved and how do we remain saved? Like that that's a primary issue for us. The deity of Christ uh, is is a big one and has been since. Christ raised from from the dead, right? And and so that's a big one. And the third, and this is equally as important as the first two, is Scripture's clear commands. Um, Those are first order issues. So if the Scriptures say, as followers of Christ, you will do this, and you don't do that, then then that is an issue of, of, of first order importance. Or if it's, if it's a, a clear picture of or a clear command from, from God's word that as a follower of Christ, you won't do that and you go ahead and do those things, um, that, that's also a violation of first order issues, which we will take exception with and, and begin a different conversation than if it were secondary issues. Now, if you go back and, and you see Paul is bringing up the issue of either eating meat or not eating meat. Uh, and if if we're just dropping in and we're reading this section in Romans chapter 14, we think, well, what's the big deal about eating meat? That's, that's not a big deal. Well, really, it's over idol worship, right? So so that's a much bigger thing than eating meat or not eating meat. So, so the Jews grew up with the understanding you don't worship idols and you don't eat meat that has been sacrificed to idols or drink wine that has been given to idols. And so when you're in the big metropolitan areas – and there's meat laying around and you don't know where it came from and you don't know the process in which it got to your plate, it's not kosher, mm-hmm. right? So that, that's that word we, we hear a lot at Passover or a lot in the Jewish communities. So what is kosher is something that has been processed, has been killed, has been processed, and has been put on your plate in view of a rabbi. Mm-hmm. So somebody who can say, I know for certain wasn't offered to an idol. This wine is kosher because it has not been offered to an idol. So they're, they're I think so the, the goal, Jews took the approach. We're not even going to risk it. That's exactly like, right. If we can't know that we know that we know, then we're our abstaining. conscience is clear by abstaining because then we don't run any risk whatsoever of violating. Hundred percent. Okay. So which sounds great, yeah. right? And and so. I, you don't have the Gentiles looking at them saying, that's wrong, you shouldn't do that. Uh, it was more like the other way around that the Jews were looking at the Gentiles saying, why don't you guys care about this? Like, like this is a really big deal. Like, you guys aren't even believers because you're not even worried about this. And that's where you call into somebody's salvation into question. You, you've now elevated this to a first order issue. Mm-hmm. And, and that is what divides churches. That's what divides families of faith. And, and so that's where Paul comes mm-hmm. in and says, you're divided here. And we need to make sure that we get back together. There are things worth dividing over. Mm -hmm. This isn't one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. So let me just take one step further down that road because I hear this argument. I may not look at you and say um, that issue is a primary issue. It's not a salvation issue. But what I do hear is your rebellion or your rejection of the truth mm-hmm. or your refusal to repent mm-hmm. is a sign that you may not be saved. Right. So therefore, in that moment, it's not the sin that I am judging. I am judging because I see um, a, a lack of repentance and a heart that's hard toward God. Right. So what, what do we do in that instance? 
Mm. It, does that all of a sudden elevate a normal a clear sin? scriptural mm-hmm. command? Well, and I and, and I think, I mean, I think that that's where most of the confusion and and even conflict comes in, right? Because right. there's probably disagreement over what are clear commands, right? Because right. something that one person sees, well, that's absolutely clear in scripture. Yeah. Another person may say, huh, yeah. That that it's clear to it me in way. another way. You mm-hmm. know, I see, I see, I have clarity mm-hmm. in another direction on that issue. So you know, that really comes down to where I think it gets yep. really complicated. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which may come back to something you were talking about earlier of the congregation versus the individual, yeah, that's right? right? Because if we each as individuals get to go to the scripture and say, "Well, this is what it means for me," right? Then we're we're kind of in a mess at that point. That's exactly right. So if if we're again, if you're dropping in and you're reading Romans 14 and you read it as the individual, then then we can get to a pretty bad place pretty mm-hmm. quickly because we're we're going to begin to internalize uh, and individualize everything, and then it's you can't tell me anything. This is what I believe. This is to your mm-hmm. point. This is what I believe it means to me. Um, and the New Testament church knows nothing of that. What what they would understand this as. Is congregationalism, or or this idea of doing life as a family, trusting themselves to one another, knowing and being yeah. known by each other, where somebody could speak truth into you, and then may be able to have the wisdom to see things in your life that you don't even know that you're doing, or maybe you've gone too far with liberty that it has now become a sin that you don't realize that yet. Mm-hmm. So you need somebody to speak that truth into your life. Mm-hmm. So when we are here, it's this idea of we are doing this together. We need people speaking into our life. Mm. Yeah. So a, congrega- a congregation submits themselves to mm-hmm. one another. To one another. Yet they don't belong to one another. They yes. belong to Christ. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. That's Paul's point uh-huh. in, in this. So we, we are not saying you do this because I own you. Right. You do this because we, we belong to him. So, so very quickly, there, there's lots of things here. <laughs> we'll get into... Ecclesiology, mm-hmm. like how is a church and a congregation organized, right, and governed, and even um, how does how does interpretation of so you can you can get into elders here, right? Uh, you can get into like however we want, like the pastor of the church, those kinds of things. There, the church itself is going to come together and identify. Some of the things that we may begin to see differently, mm-hmm. right? And so when when I when I submit myself to a body of Christ, I think sometimes we forget that we're we're actually submitting to the way that that church is organized and the ecclesiology of that church, yeah, the governance of that church, how that how that church views scripture and interprets it, and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. So we can get into a lot of stuff right. here, but but there is that sense. That we we don't often think about those things when we come to a church, but we ought to spend some time thinking about Absolutely what does a church should. believe, what what are, what is the doctrines that they hold to. That's right. Like and, so, and I think even more so, we need to think about it at a church like a Broadmoor, or if your church is big, because a lot of times you can come to a church like this and think this is where I can come and just enjoy what I like, mm-hmm. and take what I like and leave what I don't, and and really that's not biblical church. Um, I think that's why smaller churches have a more family feel to them um, because it's really hard for you to walk into a church that's less than 100 people and them not know your business after a while and you not know their business. You sit mm-hmm. through one prayer meeting and everybody's <laughs> gossip goes on the prayer page, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so so you, you have that 
that knowing and, and, and knowing of one another. Then you have the idea, to your point, of the leadership that's there, and right. you submit yourselves to it, which is a point that came up in our pre-discussion. Can you have a, a church that believes one thing with, with sincerity and with joy, and then another church just a mile down the road that believes something a little bit differently with the same amount of joy and, and, and resolve? And both of them still be biblical churches. What would you say? Depends on the issue. Okay. Like what? <laughs> mm. um, so we get into the primary, secondary, tertiary, right? Sure. And so... Um, I, let's, let's use let's, an issue let's, of let's, traditional... Mike's in the room. Traditional okay. singing versus contemporary singing. Ouch. Um, we do both here. Yeah, that's right. We do. Um, but can you, can you, because I've yeah. grown up, Picayune, you go to Picayune, you go down Palestine Road, and there are going to be churches scattered all along the way right? that are going to be different in worship style. Yeah. Well, you could get into a similar thing with uh, King James Version. Or, that was my next that's, point. That's, uh, I was yeah. going yeah. right there. Yeah. So, all right. Can both I push of it? which came up in our life group yesterday. Yeah. Can I push it up one more though? Do it. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Baptism. Oh, yeah. So, um, Particularly have, mode of baptism. We, yeah, that's, that's, right. a, that's exactly yeah. right. So we have our Methodist brothers that believe in sprinkling, right? Mm-hmm. We, we believe in immersion. And, and there's a reason that we believe in full immersion. Like, so, right. so, but we would not say, I would not say that a Methodist is unsaved, that's right? Yep. Because if their faith and trust is right. in Christ, that's, that that's comes right. back to the primary issue. You would still issue. consider it a biblical church. That's right. Right. And so, because baptism doesn't affect salvation. That's right. And so, so anyway, but mm. we would we would say though that <laughs> well, for some, right? That's right. And that's right. Um, but we would say that the reason we believe in baptism by immersion, we have biblical precedent precedent mm-hmm. for that. So. So yeah, it's it's a really mm-hmm. interesting conversation. But we would say we have precedent for that as an obedience issue. That's right. A, a way of living out your faith, not as yeah, not precedent in terms of a salvation issue. That's right. right. I would right. I would also say that it's symbolic of being fully in Christ too. Mm-hmm. Like your your life is now engulfed and identified right. within Christ. Yeah, you were dead and now uh-huh. you're alive. That's right. But they're in Him but, in Christ. Yeah. But if we're taking that a little further, because there are churches that would believe that. Baptism is essential for salvation. Right. That's, that's right. Correct. So, and so we would consider them, we would, uh, where we sit today and, and how we read and interpret scripture off on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I, I don't, so if, and if, to the point that Paul makes, I don't think any of it is for us to judge. And, and judgment being, the definition of judgment is you're in the kingdom and you're out the kingdom. That's right. Only God knows that. Yeah, because Whether you're justified or not. That's exactly yeah. right, because I have the sneaking suspicion that one day, by God's grace alone, when we get to glory, we're going to look around and say, huh, what? We made it. This is fantastic. I didn't think they were going to make here, it. We're here. And look, legitimately, they're going to be over there, whoever the they is, right. that looks at us and says, I can't believe the Baptist got in. Right? So I, I think there's going to be... Some of that, right? Because at the end, judgment is not ours. That's that that belongs to the judge. That belongs to Christ. That's right. We are indeed fruit inspectors. Like we we are called to to make sure that what we are trusting ourselves to or who we are affiliating ourselves with 
we we are of truth that we believe and see and and that's why God's word has to be the anchor and not just what we like mm. or the preference yes. that we have. Right. Yeah. Yes. So when you say like that church is off off in the sense of uh, they are adding something to salvation that Correct. the Bible does not That's exactly say right. is required or necessary. That's right. And and it may like you could use Paul uh, Paul's word like a weaker brother. Um, unless it's so far out that they are not a brother, uh, and and we would treat them not a brother. Now, if they were, that's on God, right? So that's on Him to decide. He, he's the judge. But for us, I think there is again biblical precedent for those who walk not according to God's word. We don't stand in their counsel. We we don't associate with them. Or if they, on the other end, if they believe that we're off. Then more than likely they're not going to say, "Hey, man, I want I want to do a, an event with Broadmoor. I want to go and mm-hmm. and hang out and make sure our churches hang together. Let's go on a mission trip together." They're not going to do that either. And so there there are certain things that we believe that govern how we live. Hmm. Mark, I, I don't know. Mark, you're, do you're, it, Mark. I, I you're burning with something. Well, no, I can't. I can't put words to <laughs> it. Um, but I, I think it's it, it's just how we interact hmm. and how how aggressive we get. When we see someone, because there's um, there's disagreement, mm-hmm. and 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 how we engage that conversation is different than as a brother. If I see you in sin, mm-hmm. I initiate a conversation out of love for you with a different type of. I think it's a different lens there. It's a different. It's a different way of talking. If I'm going into a conversation with you, because. We're just on opposite sides on what, the way we understand scripture versus I'm engaging that conversation because I'm watching you say, I know this is wrong, but I'm in rebellion. Yeah. Mm. That, that's two different things. Mm-hmm. And, and when we look at this, I think the Jews probably felt Gentiles. Yeah. You're off. Yeah. We have a role here to help you understand that you're off if you'll just understand scripture. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't just as clean as we have a different idea or a different opinion. That's right. Yeah. It was, no, you guys are, are wrong, and I feel obligated and pressured to engage that discussion with you. Mm-hmm. I think we have that in the church today. Yes. And and I think that's what I think some of our people are talking about in life groups, and they're hearing is, when do I get that aggressive to engage? Because I feel yeah. really confident mm-hmm. that they're in sin, and I think I need to... To confront that. I, that is a fantastic question. And I think it goes back to what, what Sean was talking about a while ago in submission to biblical authority. Um, because what we see here is two groups who were adamantly resolved in what they believed. And it took an apostle mm-hmm. to write a letter to them to give the, yeah. the tie-breaking vote of what is and what isn't, mm-hmm. right? Uh, just mm-hmm. so happens he, the apostle, now again, we need to be clear on what that means. Um, an apostle is not a pastor. Uh, an apostle is not a, a church leader. You can't give your name an apostle. A biblical apostle is somebody who has seen and walked with Christ and has been commissioned by Christ to go and do a certain work, right? Um, and so the way that we would understand apostolic apostleship is when the apostles died that we see in Scripture, there are no more apostles, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, somebody may call themselves an apostle, and that, that's a name that they bear and fantastic on them. But the Apostle Paul, when he introduces this letter or any of his letters, and he says, I am an apostle called by God, and he even contends and says, because on the road to Damascus, when I went to go defame him, he stops me and gives me this call. 
what he's saying is, I have the authority to speak into these matters. Mm -hmm. And you may be, because of your heritage of thousands of years of Hebrew culture, you're off. Mm-hmm. But you're not off enough to be out of the kingdom. God's already welcomed you in the same way he's already welcomed them. And I think that's where we struggle because if only we're going to live in Jew or Gentile culture and we miss the authority of the apostleship of Paul, mm-hmm. then then we miss the tie-breaking vote. Mm. We, we miss the truth or the authority of what God speaks to God's people. Okay. All right. So uh, I think it's important to note then, so since those apostles died mm-hmm. – the authority we now have Josh from, comes not from... Not Josh Brady. <laughs> not a chance. Scripture. Yeah. Scripture alone. Yeah. So we have the words written by the apostle, these apostles. Um, we have yeah, the Gospels. And so, yeah, that's good because we, I was, you know, as I think about the Gentiles and the Jews in this passage, it's, it's almost, I know they weren't two different churches, but it's almost like they were. Like two different churches that then got blended together in some type of uh, um, church merger <laughs> and then had to figure out who's, whose rules do we play by here? Well, I certainly it, think that's true because after Claudius yeah. lifts the yeah. ban, yeah. the Jews come back in. There were no Jews. So it was a Gentile oh. church yeah. for, for five years at least. And oh. then you have the Jews come back and said, whoa, this was yeah. our church. Yeah. There's that clash for sure. That's right. But for the Gentiles, it had to feel like, wait, okay, we were taught it is through faith alone and Christ alone. Mm-hmm. And now you're coming in and saying, no, it's faith plus something. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. that's not what that's not that's what right. we heard, right? right? So they had a Paul to come in and say, hey, both sides, mm-hmm. listen to yeah. this. We have God's word to go to where there are those disagreements to search right. the word and see what does it show us is clear. That's exactly yeah. right. And if the scripture is not the authority of your life, then that's going to get you in trouble when you get to these issues of first order, second order, third order. And if if... You're, you may say, well, I believe the Bible, but then you start going off on a tangent and say, well, I believe the Bible says, and the Bible never said, hmm. right? And so I think that's some of the issues that we have. And a lot of times uh, as evangelicals, uh, we get a bad rap for saying, well, chapter and verse, chapter and verse, chapter and verse. Well, chapter and verse matters whenever we speak to these issues because we can say confidently, I think the Bible says, and then you go back and read it and say, well, Bible didn't really say that. Right. And so we need to make sure that the Bible says chapter and verse. So I think that's like that statement. We've got to continue to go back to scripture, Mm -hmm. one. But number two, not not to get into this week's sermon. Yeah, boy. But you got to realize we still have the rest of 14 Mm -hmm. that really begins to kind of parse out what does this begin to look like then, right? right? And I think it speaks to what you were talking about, Mark. That there's a when we have disagreements, there's a certain posture yep. that I think we have to enter these conversations in, that's, that's and and it's it's not I've got to win the mm-hmm. argument, mm-hmm. but it's a it is it is a fight for the truth of God's word. Yep. Like it's not about me; mm-hmm. it, it's really about me dying to self. Yeah. Like, to, to, what does it mean for me to lay down my life mm-hmm. so that Christ becomes yeah. supreme? If I don't have that posture then I'll make it about the argument and I'll make it about how I feel about myself right. instead of the pursuit of mm-hmm. the truth of God's word. Right. And I think there's that, to me, that can be the issue. Right. It, it's, a, it's a humility mm-hmm. and love mm-hmm. that's motivating us to engage in the discussion. Yeah. And that needs to be mm-hmm. on both sides. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I, I keep just thinking practical examples. If, if pick a sin... 
where we know, I, I can say it, um, the LGBTQ. I mean, that's that's a hard one yeah, because we, we talked have, about it last week. Mm-hmm, we have friends who who would say, "I I understand scripture differently than you," mm. um, and and they would justify their lifestyle, and they're they don't share the conviction that the Bible teaches that that is wrong. So if we both have the posture of we seek the Lord first, we hold Scripture up, we we'll sit down together and we can discuss this. If we walk away from that discussion and we have not changed their opinion, mm-hmm. we cannot afford to change our posture in that moment. Right. We can't go from humble and loving to we sat down, we looked at Scripture, we came at different places. Now is my opportunity to be angry, right. to Combative. be right. judgmental, to post things about you because you didn't agree with my, what I did. It's mm-hmm. There's still a, a humble, loving posture right. even in the disagreement. Mm-hmm. But, man, that is hard. Mm-hmm. Especially in the culture we're in today, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. we're we're taught we have to we have to have our way, right? And it feels like you're giving in, uh, or you're excusing, compromising, compromising yeah. is yeah. what we're all afraid of. We feel like if we have that kind of walk away, still love each other, and still be humble, then we're compromising and enabling. So I think the question, like in verse five, where it says, "So let each man be convinced himself," mm-hmm. right? So the question is, though, how can I keep the conversation open? Mm-hmm. Like, I, th- I think that's where we probably get in trouble. So we, we don't see eye to eye, so then we're like, that is over, done, forget yeah, right. it. Mm-hmm. Well, how do, you keep a, how do you keep a conversation open? Humility um, and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, and then I think, too, you know, because I'm, I'm just thinking about the, the idea of feeling like we've compromised. You know, when, when we go there, is it now that we are feeling like we have to be the judge, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. rather than, again, we've already established God is ultimately the judge. Right. Um, which is, is tough because we still have a responsibility. Yeah. You know, we we're, would we're really fruit do. inspectors for sure. Yeah. Fruit, ins- fruit inspectors. I love yeah. the way you say it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so, and I think, oh, no, just to remember that this portion of Romans is speaking to believers and believers. Mm-hmm. That's no, right. This is not believers and unbelievers right. um, because that is a whole different narrative. That's yeah. a different yep. scenario in communication. Yep. So, okay. as it pertains to those who have already been welcomed in, mm-hmm. we can have these conversations of right. preference and agree to disagree and still be right with the Lord. Um, I think when we go back to the LGBTQ community, and we talked about last week how to love that community specifically well. Like there, there has to be an understanding of what Scripture says. So again, mm-hmm. it can't be what I think. think. It can't be what you think. It can't be what I feel or desire or what you feel or desire. It has to be what God's Word says because that is what our faith is built upon, right? So if Romans 1 isn't in Romans, that's a whole different conversation, I think, for LGBTQ Understanding, right? So, so I would say that that is sin. And if anybody who is in that and walks unrepentantly, unrepentant sin is proof that you are not walking as a follower of Christ and should be treated as such. But LGBTQ is not the only thing that would ever fall into that category. Right. Sure. It's any sin that God has called sin. Mm-hmm. So that right. goes into um, drunken, glutton, mm-hmm. lying, killing, steal, like all of these things. Or a part of that, if you break God's law and it doesn't break your heart, mm. if you're not convicted over your sin and your only response to your sinful nature or your sinful action is repentance, if that's not what you do, if you say instead, this is just who I am, God made me a sinner and he must want me to be a sinner, so I'm going to be a sinner. 
that's not an understanding biblically mm-hmm. of, of who God is, what God has called us to, or even a biblical salvation in Christ. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about for a moment, uh, you know, so what happens? So let's follow that to its conclusion. So in the church, uh, you know, when we as, uh, or as church leaders, uh, you have believers who, who are walking in, you know, some kind of unconfessed sin or they're, uh, they're non-conforming on, you know, uh, essential matters. I mean, what, sure. is, what, what is the ultimate end there? Can I ask the, there's two questions there. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. One is they're non-repentant. Right. Mm-hmm. The other is I don't agree with you that it's sin. Uh-huh. Now, I'm, I submit to the word, but we land at a different place. Great question. Right. My conviction is not the same as yours. Mm-hmm. Right. So if yeah. it's unrepentant sin, then there's... You know what? What is, what is your answer there? If it's I disagree with your interpretation of Scripture, that's a different answer. Yep. Yeah, maybe well, it, it is. Maybe uh, the same answer, yeah. but it's a different feel. Well, and I, I was just thinking back to a particular scenario um, where we had uh, someone that was teaching some things that mm-hmm. they would say, "This is what we firmly believe when we read Scripture that this Scripture says," but it was different in in what we would consider substantial ways from what we uh-huh. as Broadmoor historically and presently believe and teach. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so whatever the topic is or the or the issue is, I think there is a part of it that if if they believe it, that's one thing. If they believe it and are teaching others uh-huh. that this is truth and yet it goes against what we have said God's truth is, then we still address it. And mm-hmm. it was super healthy conversations. I mean, mm-hmm. the conversations were... They could not, in my opinion, have been handled any better on both sides mm-hmm. and a lot of listening and sharing. But at the end of the day, we did land somewhere yeah. different. Different. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, so back to, to what you asked in your two questions, I think it can all become one answer, uh, but I think it, it needs to be a little more messy than that. Um, mm-hmm. And here's why. I would say first with somebody who knows what sin is, but they choose to walk unrepentant. And mm-hmm. so they, they know what God's word says. It's clear to them, but they say, I don't care. Um, I say that that would be the easier one for, mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. if a believer is doing that, a member of your church is doing that, um, and you've gone to them and another brother and you have gone to them or, or the church has now gone to them begging them to repent of that sin. And they say, no, this is the lifestyle I'm going to live or this is the sin that I'm going to enjoy. Then, then we move to disfellowship, or, or the, the old term is excommunicate. Um, but it, it's it's this idea of you, you're cut off from us. You you are acting in a way that is not consistent with what we believe. Therefore, you you have proven yourself not to be of of this faith family. And so so we we put them out in hopes that God would restore them, like would break mm-hmm. their heart and restore them back. Um, the second one's a little bit different because I think there's sometimes it's viewed as primary, but they may view it as non-primary. And so then it goes back to to leadership, right? And so in and and then you may be able to say, well, they believe the apostle Paul said, or Peter said, or John said, and then we say, no, we believe this is what it is, but ultimately it goes back to the leadership of the church, which is where elders come mm, into right. role or those who are ruling in leadership in your church that are going to have the final say on that matter. And that is when that ruling comes down, or at least in what they say, they are making that judgment call according to the scriptures. At least that's what we would hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that would be the definitive answer well, for that matter. Well, 
spending time in scripture, prayer, like conversation. Like right. these are not rash, right. sudden decisions, right. but but instead we've poured over them. Mm. You know, we've thought about them. We've discussed it. We've we've studied. We've we've dug in, and we, we've so, begged them to right. to turn because uh-huh. the the goal and the heart of 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 disfellowship is never disfellowship. Right. We mm-hmm. never That's want right. that to happen. That's heartbreaking. Essentially, sure. what we are saying is you you are acting like an unbeliever. Whether you are or not, that's going to be between you and God. Mm-hmm. But you are acting in that way right that's now, true. and we have to treat you as such until we see something different that is clearly aligned with God's word, and that's heartbreaking. I, uh. If if you ever go to a church and there's a disfellowshipping matter, that there's joy in the people disfellowshipping somebody, that that's an awful place to be. Right. That, that should be brokenhearted. There should be mm-hmm. tears and, and just weeping because we're broken over a brother or sister who seemingly is not walking with the Lord at the moment. Mm. So a question came to mind that uh, I don't even know how to articulate it, but uh, I mean, I've been in church all my life and I've been in ministry full time for 28 years. Going on twenty nine years. Mm-hmm. Are you sixty? Um, <laughs> I am not sixty, Mark. Thank you. Um, I feel like it sometimes, but uh, but when we talk about church discipline, mm-hmm. I can count on one hand maybe I've, mm. times I've ever seen that actually happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yet I know that there's unrepentant sin and rampant, and you know within the church. And so, um, you know, uh, I, I don't, and I don't even know where the question is there, but it's, I guess the question is, I could, I have a question are we under, <laughs> is, is the idea of church discipline, the act of church discipline underutilized? That's a great question. As a, uh, as a tool. I think our a, Presbyterian brothers are our more reformed brothers would look at us and say, absolutely Baptist. It is in your world. Yeah. Um, because for many of their churches, it's not. Right. Like and, it, and, it wouldn't and, be and a yeah, way of life. And my context is all Southern Baptist. So Chase has a question he's going to give. Or a comment. Well, it, it kind of, yeah, it's just a scathing comment. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a, a secondary or like a sub question to Mike's. What is... What does disfellowship look like at Broadmoor, specifically? It's a good it, it, Like you, kind of what you're getting at, it may vary yeah. uh, by definition mm-hmm. yep. with each church. So uh, that's a great question. And and I'm working – so we, we have constitution and bylaws that will spell this out. So if you ever wanted to do that, go to broadmoor.org, go all the way to the bottom. There's a search bar. Type in bylaws. It'll pop up, click, and you can read how that goes. Uh, much of it is um, ascribed to Matthew 18. It's kind of how we will – function in in church discipline or at least in trying to get us who we believe uh, someone who is walking in sin to repent of that and to return back to the faith so what that would look like um, a couple of different ways and it's it's a little bit different right so if you were thinking early church and you were thinking um, that there are house churches that are all affiliated with the church like the big C church so when we say church don't think Broadmoor think global Right, so in the Apostles' Creed, it's called the the Holy Catholic Church, but not Catholic like the denomination of Catholic, like like Big C, the the world God's church around the world. It's different now because we have a church in every corner, uh, and so I think the reason I say that is it's going to look a little bit different. Okay, um, that if we got to a place of disfellowshipping somebody, and, and the way that that would go in church discipline is, if it came down to the elders making a call. And then essentially what it would happen is we then bring it back before the congregation and say, 
Josh Braddy did this thing and he is unrepentant of this thing. You need to be aware and it's now your turn to vote. And so this is where it's strange, but it's not a vote of number. It's a vote of affirmation for this person to see this body believes that the lifestyle they're living is contrary to the gospel we've all agreed to, right? And so the hope isn't to say, well, we get enough numbers, we get you out of our church. The hope is for that person to see, oh my gosh, I am in grievous sin and I had no clue. And so that Mm. would be the idea of a church looking at this person saying, I love you, I live next to you. But you are walking contrary to the gospel. And then when when that vote happens or that affirmation happens, their heart will turn. And if they're still unrepentant after that, then they are to be treated as a non-believer. So they're no longer in fellowship with the church. They're no longer in membership. They no longer get to take the Lord's Supper. They no longer, in our world, would get to vote in, in church matters. Um, but the issue would be they would say, well, fine. I'll go to First Baptist Madison. I'll go to Pine Lake. I'll go to whatever. And so that's why whenever you hear somebody, and, and if really you don't hear about it here at Broadmoor, but if you went to a smaller church growing up, somebody becomes a member, they're going to say, well, this person joined by baptism, or this person joined by statement of faith, or this person joined by letter. Mm-hmm. It's that letter that, that, that's a short term for letter of good standing, meaning that we're going to contact that church. So if somebody leaves here in that manner from Broadmoor and goes to... First Baptist Madison, they're going to call us and say, hey, what do you know about Josh Braddy? Um, is he leaving in good standing? We're like, oh, absolutely not leaving in good standing. He he was uh, church disciplined. He was disfellowshipped by this church, and you should not receive him as a brother. Mm-hmm. And so it warns that church and, and like faith to say, hey, he is not a brother here, and he should not be considered a brother there. Um, so, so that's what it would look like. But in the first century, they wouldn't have the luxury of going from, from Broadmoor to, to First Madison a quarter mile down the road. Um, they they would be sent out of the family of faith and be treated as a non-believer in hopes of the repentance and them restoring and back restore. to faith. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. The yeah. reason I think it happens at – a couple things. The reason you don't hear about it at Broadmoor is because so, – so, for example, Preston brought up um, a, a scenario that, that happened, um, and, and the hope is that, that we get to a place of good – for everybody. Uh-huh. And so sometimes people say, hey, you know what? This place just isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they, they leave on their own accord. It's not a disfellowshipping thing. It's not yeah. a voting thing. It's not a matter of, uh, I believe that you to be uh, a non-brother. Because mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. we need to make sure, even as leaders, that is- issues of second order things in church leadership is important for us because it is now being taught as first order things around around the church. Right. So we have to give good watch care to that. So sometimes people will leave before it gets to that point. Um, and, and we don't feel the need to, to follow them and say, hey, you're not a believing brother and I'm going to tell every church that you're a part of. I don't know if we've ever had that here um, because mm-hmm. generally people don't want to be a part of a church that are going to walk in that manner. But could be. But to Mike's point, I do think there are certain scenarios in our Baptist world that we sometimes turn a blind eye to sin um, that either we are comfortable with or we're just really tired and don't want to deal with the mess that is. Mm-hmm. That's not right. I'm not yeah. saying that's right. I'm just telling you that's mm. sometimes what is, yeah. and I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a really, man, deep topic, and, I mean, we could sit here for a long, long time and, and probably still just scratch the surface. Uh, I think this has been a good primer, and... uh so, but I, I think Promise good work. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's, four, 14 part two. 
I mean, like that's right. Yeah. It's like, going to be yeah. So, we'll, we'll be talking more next week. So. <laughs> that's right. Um, well, guys, great discussion today and uh, great questions. And uh, so, uh, as we walk in, as, as we've already established, we'll finish chapter fourteen uh, this next week. And uh, and all, as always, I want to remind everyone who listens: if you do have questions coming away from uh, from any of these mm-hmm. messages. Please always feel free to, to send those uh, to one of us. We would love to include it and, and be sure that we cover it um, in some form or fashion in, uh, in our discussions. So, yep. uh, but until next time, guys, thank you. Great, thank you. great discussion. Yeah, man. Love you guys. Love you guys. Love you guys. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.